0: Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live on the Internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's show, we will discuss the question, What is Jesus doing now? We will be looking at what the Bible teaches. Our guest speaker is based in Florida in the United States of America. More about our guest after we've had some music.
1: Shall we? will with the melody of peace. Yes, we'll gather at the river the beautiful, the beautiful Yes we'll gather at the river The beautiful the beautiful river gather with the saints and the river
0: is Jesus doing now? We will be discussing this question tonight with Elder David Mould. Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes. Let's call Elder Mould now and see if he's available. Hello? Hello. Good evening, Elder Mold. You are live on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. How are you this evening?
2: I'm fine, thank you. Looking forward to the call.
0: Praise the Lord. Yes. Well, Elder, we're looking forward to tonight where we'll be discussing these questions together. Where did Jesus go to when he was resurrected? Why did Jesus go there? What is Jesus doing right at this very moment? How long will he be doing this for? And what does Jesus want us to do now? So, Elder, before we start the discussion, could you open the show of a word of prayer tonight, please?
2: Surely. Let me get down on my knees before our Lord. I invite you to do the same on your audience. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening not knowing who is listening. But asking for a blessing for them and upon ourselves. Be with Brother John, upon whose heart you have placed this burden of creating this radio program to strengthen the saints and to win new believers to our Lord. Yes, sir. Be with me as I do my best to answer these questions we humbly wait upon you and ask for the blessing of your Holy Spirit to attend our words, our speech. Lord, in a special way, we ask again. Bless those listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Mm Aldermal, where did Jesus go to when he was resurrected? What does the Bible
2: state? Well, I I know what the Bible says, but I'll be honest with you, when I first heard the question, my mind went, not where I'll ultimately go in my answer, but my mind went first to that Sunday morning, because you didn't say when he ascended, you said when he was resurrected. Right. So my my mind went first to the first person who evidently saw him that Sunday morning, which was Mary. Right. And you notice in John twenty seventeen, that's Mary Magdalene, not his mother, by the way. Yes. John twenty seventeen, 17, Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father to my God and your God. So he... At that point, early in the morning, when she thought he was the gardener and was asking, where is my Lord? Yes. He, he indicated to her, don't touch me yet, because I have not yet ascended to my father. Um, later that day, yes. we're told Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples what she, that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. The same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. That's John 20 verses 18 to 20. It still didn't say that anybody touched him. But the Bible does state that Jesus showed the disciples on the same day, that's the Sunday, his his side. Now, be patient with me, Brother John. Oh, yes, Even of though course. I, don't, I don't believe this is the answer that you're looking for, but this is the way my mind was led. Yes. And I believe that there might be somebody in the audience who may get a blessing from this.
3: Yeah, sure. All right.
2: We move on from there to John 20, verses 24 to 28. Eight days later, Thomas, one of the 12, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. And that's verses 24 to 28. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of his nails, and thrust my hands into his side, I will not believe. That's where he earned himself the title, Doubting Thomas. Yes, right. Eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither your finger, and behold my hand. Reach hither your hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. At This Thomas obviously realized, oh my God, he heard every word I said eight days ago. Yeah, that's right. And he answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. We're not finished. Give me about two or three more minutes. Yeah, sure. Carry on. on With his disciples, later on, we don't know how much longer, they'd become discouraged. Peter decided he's going to go fishing. And that story is told in John 21, 1 to 14. You know that story. I don't have to read all those verses, but they were fishing. And, 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 and one of the disciples said to, to Peter, that's the Lord on the shore. And Peter plunges into the waters and comes to the shore and, he, he, and, and, and and Jesus invites them to eat. And he had fish on the stove, so to speak. The Bible says this is the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. Yes, and in the, book of Acts, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, we read this. The former treatise have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So, to answer the question, The short term answer is he spent 40 days on earth mingling with his disciples, his followers. He first met with Mary outside that tomb and told her, Don't touch me yet. Eight days later, he allowed them to touch him, or at least he may have allowed them that very day. But Thomas at least handled Jesus, you know, Jesus reveals himself in a very personal way to Thomas. to answer the question, he left the earth, and this is what I think you were asking me, where did Jesus go after his ascension? Yes. Um, but his, his resurrection certainly shows that he spent time, he spent time with his followers. Now for the long-term answer, the
3: right.
2: long-term answer, where did Jesus go? I'd like to point our viewers to First Corinthians fifteen seventeen. First Corinthians fifteen seventeen. You mm. want to read that for us, Elder John?
0: Yes, that's fine, Elder. First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse seventeen, and it says, "If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain; ye are yet in your sins."
2: You know what that's telling us, Christ. Dying was not sufficient for our salvation. Right. Let me repeat that. His death by itself could not save us. That's what Paul says. He had to be raised in order to save us. If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Dying on the cross was insufficient. The slaying of the lamb in the Old Testament in the temple service was insufficient. A priest had to present the blood of the lamb and the prayers of the saints before God. So, in the case of our Savior, Christ had to be raised to perform his ministry as our high priest. His death was insufficient. That blood had to be presented before the Father in the sanctuary, sprinkled where it was supposed to be sprinkled, and the prayers of the saints had to be offered. I'd like to take our audience to Hebrews eight, verses one to two. Right. The author of the book of Hebrews, why don't you read those for first two verses for us, Brother John?
0: Yes. Bear me, Elder. Yes, could you mm-hmm. read those please, Elder? Because um yes, I haven't surely. got you at the moment. Yes.
2: Surely, surely. Now, now the thing, this is, there are certain passages which we do well to commit to memory. This is one of those in my memory bank right. because I thought it important enough to have at the ready for anybody who would think that the teachings of the church, since we are the only church that was our contribution to Christianity, to highlight the sanctuary service I thought it good. The Holy Spirit impressed upon me. Put this in your memory bank. Right. Here is what the Book of Hebrews says. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Yes. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched and not man. So to answer the question, without blood there is no salvation. We will grant you that. The blood was shed on the cross, but a priest had to offer it to the Father. And the Bible tells us we have such an high priest, Jesus Christ himself. He is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. The Bible calls him a minister of the sanctuary and of the tabernacle which the lord pitched and not man there is another component to this the bible is telling us that there is a sanctuary in heaven of which the earthly sanctuary was but a replica that sanctuary which titus's armies destroyed in AD 70 was but a replica solomon's temple that first temple was but a replica of something that existed in heaven John says he saw that sanctuary in heaven. You find that in Revelation eleven nineteen. Yes. Whenever you can read again, you tell me. Until then, I'll continue reading.
0: Yes. Um, we'll we actually be of over the next two weeks. We'll be covering the sanctuary, both the earthly and the heavenly elders So yes, so carry on, please.
2: Okay. Revelation eleven nineteen says, and the temple of God was opened. In heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, right? And there were lightnings and voices and thundering and an earthquake and great hail. John says, who is the author of the book of Revelation? Right. I thought the temple of God was opened in heaven. So when Jesus left. He left to assume his high priestly ministry in heaven, in the temple which is in heaven. And John said, I saw in his temple the ark of his testament. That ark, the earthly sanctuary, had an ark, and inside the ark were the Ten Commandments. The Ten, nothing else in. There were other items in the most holy place, but in the ark itself, First Kings chapter 8 and verse 9 says, There was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone which Moses put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. Yes, we know there was Aaron's rod that budded right. and other items that were in the most holy place, but within the ark itself. There was nothing except the two tables of stone. Now, what that tells me is that Jesus is ministering in the sanctuary, and inside that ark are the two tables. The are, are, is God's eternal law, whereof those two tables of stone were but a replica. Jesus yeah. is ministering, and, and that's why Jesus could say in Matthew 5:17, don't even think that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily, verily, I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of the least of these commandments and shall teach men so, shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them. The same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Okay. Jesus is ministering in the sanctuary, and before him are two tables of stone, the original Ten Commandments, which tells us that the power prophesied in Daniel 7.25 to, that would think to change times and laws, that would think to remove the sanctity of the true Sabbath, is truly of the devil. Because the original before which Jesus stands is the original ten which God put on the earth and put in the ark at Horeb, what Moses did inside the most holy place. That's why Jesus left this earth to minister as our high priest. And that's why Paul could say, if Christ be not raised, you are dead in your sins. He had to be raised. To minister as our high priest yes, no, that's oh, no. high priest.
0: Okay, alright Because um, you've covered quite a lot In um, The first answer um, So We can naturally move on to the second answer Which we've covered in a short sense Why did Jesus go there? Because we'd like to break this down To the people um, So you've mentioned it But please make um, It plain to the listeners Why Jesus did go there. You've mentioned that he was the minister of the sanctuary. Um, so I'll let you carry on. Hold on.
2: Well, there's not a whole lot more to say because I found myself getting carried away as I prepared this answer to just include everything that I, that I, that I thought fit a succinct answer. He left to assume his role as a high priest. In the earthly economy, the Jewish economy, there was a sanctuary which consisted of a holy place, well, the courtyard, a holy place, and then within the inner veil, the most holy place where the high priest went once every year, once every year. Jesus Jesus assumed his role. He left. Remember, remember the occasion in which um, Peter, he said something to Peter, which I didn't. I didn't write it down as part of my answer, but I remember distinctly right. where Jesus said to Peter on one occasion, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. Jesus is praying for us right. in his role as, as high priest, yes. those who, have, who are pleading the blood. The Bible says that there are things that we pray for sometimes we, we can only groan. I don't know about you, Brother John. I, no. I, have, I cannot say that I groan, but I feel cursed. Because I'm still clothed upon with a sinful mortal body. I feel cursed because of the plague of sinful thoughts I have to encounter from time to time. Jesus said, blessed are they that mourn, but they shall be comforted. Right. Blessed are they who see their condition. Blessed are they who hunger thirst after righteousness. I cannot attain unto that righteousness no matter how hard I try. My mind, Jesus said, if ye then being evil, I acknowledge David Mould is evil. My thoughts from time to time are evil. Even though I profess Jesus as my savior, it's the curse of our human nature. And the Bible, Jesus said to Peter, I am praying for you. And I believe and I'm sure that part of what he's doing in heaven in that sanctuary is pleading his blood. Maybe every time he sees any one of us sinning and repenting, he's pleading his blood. He's saying, Father, I died for brother John. I died for sister Annette. I died for brother mold I Died for Sister Moon. He's pleading my blood. Be merciful to him. Be merciful to him. That's what I believe is going on. Jesus is pleading his blood on behalf or or, or, you know, in the behalf of those who who trust only in his blood and not to their good works, but only in his blood. That's what I believe Jesus is doing.
0: Right, okay, Elder. So, in in essence, you see, we've covered three sections of um, our discussion in this initial discourse that you've shared with us, where Jesus went to when he was resurrected, which was initially, as you said, he spent 40 days ministering to the disciples, teaching them. And after that, he went to heaven as our high priest, the minister of the true sanctuary in heaven. And why did he go there? for us. To be our high priest, and you know, as the Bible says, to be a minister of the true sanctuary. And what is he doing? He's interceding for us, as you as you rightfully said. And um, I'd like to go to Romans chapter eight, verse thirty-four. Okay. And,
2: and when you're finished, I want to share something yes. as I thought you came okay. to me. Well, Romans, Romans 8, 34. Yeah, yeah, 34.
0: Yes, again, which, just to add to what you shared with us this evening.
2: Romans 8, 34. Who is he? Am I to read it?
0: Yes, carry on, please, elder.
2: Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us. Thank you yes. for that reminder. Yes,
0: yes. So carry on things I just wanted to interject that text there.
2: What I'm about to say, Brother John, you know that you and I are working on a documentary series. Right. Entitled Finding America and Bible Prophecy. Yes. And we're about to head into editing part seven. Entitled Speaking Great Words. And I just sat here as I gave you the answer a while ago. I can't help but think of the nerve, the blasphemy,
3: right.
2: the high-handed blasphemy of those who would exalt Mary as co-mediator with Jesus Christ. the Teaching of the Roman Catholic Church, Mary is co-mediatrix. My God, could there be any more blasphemous statement in the the teachings of that church? They've tampered with the law of God. They've thrown the Sabbath down to the ground. They've exalted the false Sabbath Sunday. Now they're telling me that Mary is co-mediatrix. And that we can pray to Mary. My Bible tells me Mary is dead.
3: Yes. Mary's
2: in grave. And yet right. these people blasphemously would rob Jesus Christ of his glory. One verse puts that madness to rest. First Timothy two, five. Yes. Maybe you can read that one.
0: Yes, First Timothy chapter two, verse five. Okay, and the Bible reads, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus.
2: Now, you don't, need to be, you don't even need to be a high school graduate to understand what that is saying. There is one God. One mediator, not two or three. Are Saint Aloysius Are Saint Anne? Are Saint this? Are Saint that? Are Saint the other? Are Mary? That's all a pack of lies. There is one mediator. What's one so mediator to the Christian. There is one. To those who are deceived, there may be many. But my Bible tells me there is one. And I get hot under the collar when I think of a people who are palming off a pack of lies upon humanity. About a month or two ago, we we heard where the Pope consecrated Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Mary. Um, That had to do with um, the origin of that procedure began in, in, in the year 1917. When the three peasant children of Fatima Portugal received what they said were communications from Mary yes. on the 13th of every month um, and telling them that on the on the 31st of October she would perform a particular miracle and lo and behold, word got out and at that place called Cova de area in Fatima Portugal right. on that day there were 70 upwards of 70,000 people who came and witnessed a spectacular miracle they call it, a spectacular show, Britannica Encyclopedia listed. Now I'm not giving you hearsay news or fake news. We've got to be able to trust something and I believe Britannica's account is is adequate, it's succinct. 70,000 people watched the sun dance watched what they thought was the sun yes. dancing in the skies. And not only dancing, but, you know, it was raining that day. The place was muddy at the beginning. But at the end of that light show, everybody was bone dry. Maliki Martin has an account of it in his book, The Keys of This Blood. It, what I'm saying is yes. those 70,000 people, who were gathered there because they were told that Mary was about to perform a miracle. And and by the way, I went to Fatima. I went to Fatima to stand on that ground for myself, that I could open my mouth about this lie when the time came. And perhaps this is one of those times. I went there. I watched people walking on their knees, climbing up, going up to the, the altar. I know that people have been brought there sick who have apparently received healing. But I'm here to tell you that whatever healing has come has not come from Jesus. That's not Jesus. Right. The Bible warns us against this practice of receiving communications or prophecies from the dead. Mary is dead. Mary is in our grave, yes. according to the Bible. Even David is in his grave, according to the Bible. The only two that we know who died and who are no longer in their grave are, well, Moses and Elijah didn't die. He was taken straight to heaven. And at Mm -hmm. the resurrection of Jesus, we're told several tombs were opened, you know. But Mary, Mary is dead. This is an attempt by the devil himself to palm her off as some mediator. What Mm -hmm. people, you know, I'm going to say this. There is a saying in my homeland, Jamaica. I'll go again. It's about poppy.
3: Right.
2: Um, play with poppy. Poppy, lick your face. The, the Catholic Church has played with the poppy. Right. Satan. They have taken pagan symbols and incorporated them into what people think is Christianity. Right. Pagan days. Pagan festivals. Sunday, that pagan day in honor of the sun. Christmas, which was the day of the winter solstice, the longest day of the year. All these things they have incorporated into Christianity. Hot cross, bun. The cross was a symbol long before Jesus died on the cross, a pagan symbol. But Mary, this crowning act of deception came in 1917, and here we have the Pope palming off, um, claiming, That he has consecrated Russia and the Ukraine to the Sacred Heart of Mary. I'm telling you today, I believe, I cannot prove that there is coming to this earth very soon a repetition of that Fatima vision. Some repetition in which Satan is going to come for an encore. He showed up in 1917 impersonating Mary and he's going to show up again. And I believe all the world is going to see it this time or at the very least Russia and Ukraine. Some spiritualistic manifestation, which is going to make it seem as though Mary is alive and Mary is doing all these things. It is a stinking lie from the pits of hell, robbing Jesus glory as our high priest and as our only mediator.
0: Yes, you see, and this is why it's so important to clearly know what Jesus is doing now, isn't it, Elder? So that we don't get Absolutely. deceived. You see. Absolutely. No, it's it's really vital because as as you know, the responses that we receive from the public were quite startling. You know, and many people have no idea what Jesus is doing now, nor of the counterfeit system that's, as you said, robbing him of his rightful glory. You know, it's it's very serious and it's one that um I'm glad that we're basically making plain, you know, no no um you know no no fooling around, but just getting straight to the point about this matter.
2: So no, brother John, forgive yes, sir, me. Then. Forgive me for raising right. my voice the way I have. It's because I can't help it. Right. When you think that there is a system that's going about to deceive mankind and to lead millions of people to hell. Yeah. not to an ever burning yeah. hell but to lose their salvation yeah. and doing it in the name of Jesus i cannot play poker i don't know what it is to have a good hand and to have a frown on my face as though i have a bad hand yes. or vice versa i can't play poker what you see with me is what you get and yeah. i am hot hot at any power that tends to that attempts to rob jesus of his glory of his rightful glory as our only mediator i have to point a finger to the false and to point out who is perpetrating these lies upon humanity i've got to do it and i can't do it and remain calm i've got to do it in the spirit and power of elijah and call a spade a spade it's a pack of lies from the pits of hell
0: yes it's as simple as that, you know. And I'll just say this um, also to our listeners, that when you've been subject to the horrors of Rome for as many years as Elder Mould and our ministry has, then you could understand the passion that he has about exposing the system, you know. And um, But as we go through more programs, and we encourage you to go to org and to look at Layman for Religious Liberty, and see the work that's being done there You'll see for yourself just why Elder Mould is so enthusiastic To expose this system because this is What God's called us to do But again we'll be covering that in another show So, Elder uh, Mould
2: Let me just say that The pity is when they come They will only be able to see the first Four parts yes. of that 15 Part series Part 5 as you know Is, is still awaiting funds So that we can yes. travel to Separate places to put, to film, and to put pieces into part five to complete it. And we need to go to three places in part six. So that's much travel ahead of us involving tens of thousands of dollars, which we do not now have. All they will be able to see is part one to four. In part four, we gave our opening statement identifying the Antichrist. But now we're inside the courtroom presenting our case. Point by point. We don't reach Mary until part seven. Right, Part seven, which you're not scheduled to start for a little while. But that's where we are. So people won't be able to... They may not even fully understand my passion this morning because all they will have seen is the first four points. When you see part five and part six and part seven and part eight, you'll be as hot as I am.
0: Yes. Well, Elder. Um... Thanks for sharing that. It must move on, as um, time, as you know, always goes against us. So now, Elder Mold, looking at Jesus as our High Priest, how long do the Scriptures explain that we'll be doing this for?
2: Well, I don't know that we have a time limit. We do believe that our Lord is poised to return. Yes, in the Book of Daniel. We know from Daniel 12:1. Yes: where, When we're told Michael stands up, that this is a reference to Jesus ceasing his work in the sanctuary. Yes. After which all Hades is going to break loose on this earth, a time of trouble such as never was, but he will be interceding for us until shortly before his second coming. Yes Shortly before his second coming which is why it behooves us to study what we can of this time period, which expires. Well, I'm a, I don't know how far you want me to go in this. Yes. That would open up stuff for another study right now. Let's just say that it's an indeterminate time. The servant of the Lord just does tell us in the book of the Great Controversy, sorry, yes. in the book of the Great Controversy. She says, soon, none know how soon Jesus will pass from the cases of the dead, where he's judging, to the cases of the living, which will involve us. I cannot say when that time will be. He may have already shifted from the cases of the dead to the cases of the living. I don't know. I'm not going to put a finger on it and to pretend that I do when he has done this. I don't. But I do know it behooves us to search ourselves and the thing about it is with me, Brother John, I don't right. have to search for it. As I said, I know, I know the corruption of my own heart. Yes, right. so, you know, um, But one verse struck me this week, which, which really helped me. It's a verse in Romans, I can't put my finger on it. But it, we're told that while we were yet in our sins, Christ died for the ungodly, not for the godly, He died for the ungodly.
4: That's
2: me. That's me ungodly in and of myself. And it gives me hope that he understands my frailties. He understands our condition. But I also know that Jesus didn't come to save us in our sins, but from our sins. Yes. I'll leave it to you. I don't know when the time
0: Yes. And that's Romans chapter five, verse six. That is elder. And, um, and I'd like to also share Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, which again, as Elder Mold said, we don't know when Jesus will be in the heavenly sanctuary for and how long he will be as high priest. But it says here, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. You see, and that's Where is that? Hebrews chapter nine, verse twenty-eight. And so that's That moves us on to now, what does Jesus want us to do now?
2: (laughs) Well, there is a passage of Scripture that comes to my mind where it says, where Jesus used the word and it's in Mark several times that we should watch. And I think most of us as Christians assume that what he's saying is that we should watch for his second coming. Yes, and right. had I thought about it, I would have had this answer ready for you. Forgive me, I don't, but I know it's there where the Sermon of the Lord said that this is in reference to our watching, lest he come upon our names right. in the judgment. Our names, we should be watching. We should be repenting of the slightest thing we know to be sin, the slightest look we may have given, the slightest intonation of our voice that was unlike him. We should be searching ourselves and praying, praying. There's a song that says, search me, O God. Search me, O God. And know my heart today Try me, O Savior Know my thoughts, I pray See if there be Some wicked way in me
1: Cleanse me from every sin,
2: and set me free. We should give Jesus permission to search us, right. to point out our failing, to point out our weaknesses, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In Amen. light of what he is doing in the sanctuary, We should be pleading with him, pleading with him for that cleansing. We should be claiming the promise found in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all all unrighteousness. We We should also be doing everything we can to share this message with those who don't know it. We shouldn't just be content to, to plead for forgiveness for ourselves. We should be doing everything we can to warn others, warn others. I'm going to tell you a little story. It won't take two minutes. A couple of weeks ago, you know, I'd, I have a burden for a group of gangsters or criminals in my homeland, right. Jamaica. Supposed criminals, supposed gangsters who are so bad that even people in the community are afraid of them. Life. And I um, made a, a DVD, a particular DVD. I went down there to speak to them. I've gone down there twice because back in 2006, one of their members invited me to come and keep some meetings there. But it's a place where gunshots are firing all the time nice. um, and I, I i under the covid curfew we couldn't very well keep meetings the police would break it up if we were breaking up up you know if we were crossing the breaking the time restraints in which people were allowed on the road that's
3: right
2: so I made a dVd and I took it to one of the men and because his father's picture was on the cover. His father was the one who had invited me down there. And I asked him if he would allow me to circulate this DVD with his father's picture on it. And a couple of days later, I saw him and he said he watched it with his aunt and that we had his permission. I must tell you the truth. While I was asking him, there was a bit of fear in my heart, right. not, for, not for me, but for him, because back in 2006, when his father said, you can't come keep some meat here, I said to myself, this man is inviting me into Satan's turf to preach the gospel. I wonder if he realizes what he's doing, that Satan himself heard that invitation. Right. Don't you know that three months later they murdered him on the very spot where he issued that invitation to me? He was shot. I'm told the words of the one who shot him were I'm sorry my father, but my offer to this. Yes, Some baby. can walk there. And before killing him, he said, I'm sorry, my father, but I have to do this and kill him. Now, here was his son giving me permission to distribute that DVD. What? I said to myself, oh God, I hope I'm not bringing death upon the son by asking him. Don't you know? Three months hadn't passed before they shot that son. He's alive. Right. But I, I think he's in jail at the moment. I still don't know who shot him. I'm due in Jamaica sometime in May, at which point I will go to Frass Corner and ask the question, who shot so-and-so? What happened? And if I can visit him in prison, I will visit him. Right. Now, One of my colleagues has warned me, Brother Mould, these DVDs that you are wanting to distribute, what about the men at another section of the community who are enemies of this gang? How do you think they are going to respond when they see this man's picture on the cover of the DVD? And so there was a certain amount of trepidation there in her being involved in distributing the DVD. But don't you know... Brother John, a, 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 a woman who saved my life many years ago, that's another story. She said, when I, she's, she's a backslidden Sunday keeper. But I just felt impressed to ask, to ask her if she could distribute, because I know she lives down there, right. if she could help me distribute those DVDs. In that section of the community, and she said she would be glad to. She said, "Would you mind if I go over to Tivoli Gardens as well?" Now I only have a hundred of those DVDs. Okay, right. But she said she would go. She would. Ca- this is a thunderkeeper, a backslidden thunderkeeper. She will tell you because she said to me, "Uncle David, do you know this is the work I used to do before I got pregnant?" So she is overjoyed. What? She went and she spent money purchasing a bag in which she could walk. Not a plastic bag. She showed me the bag. It cost, I guess it would be the equivalent of 25, maybe 30 U.S. dollars. So she can walk the streets with our DVDs, handing them out to people. Well, I spoke to her this week and she said to me, Uncle David, the people them want to see what is on the DVD before them take it. So I'm going to buy her I told her a portable DVD player that she can travel with and show the people as she travels up and down. She has given some away. Now, I've said all of that to you to say this. You asked me the question, what should we be doing? Yes. We should be seeking to save the lost. Amen to that. That lady is entering into the joy of her Lord. She may be discarded by her church may be discarded in her own mind. She may see herself as an unfit Christian, but she's handling the word of God and she's carrying it from door to door. And my Bible tells me that they that turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars of heaven. Amen. May God help us to make a complete surrender. But we who are free, we who have means at our disposal, some of us have two, three houses. For God's sake, sell one of them and put the money into the hands of the work and stop hoarding up onto yourselves treasures where moth and rust doth corrupt. We should be doing all we can to get this message out. That's my answer.
0: Amen. And elder mold we're just going to have a short break and we'll round off after this music. Whoa. What is Jesus doing now? Final thoughts, please, Elder Mould.
2: Brother John, a man must know when to shut up. I think I've said it all. I'll leave the final thoughts to you.
0: Well, Elder, I really haven't got much more to say because I believe that much was said and that um, the listeners has more than enough information from the Word, from personal testimony, and hopefully now they'll learn through life experience to know what Jesus is doing now. So, Elder, let us then, therefore, round off this evening's discussion with a word of prayer.
2: Amen. You or me?
0: Yes, if you could please pray to end, please, Elder more.
2: Surely. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this time spent here. Thank you for that tough nut who had his or her shell cracked open this evening. Thank you for the pointedness of your words, yes, that you may reclaim, O God, into the fold those who have been told that the sanctuary message is a figment of Adventist imagination. Lord, may you reclaim those who have stumbled and fallen, who have begun to doubt the authenticity of the gift you bestowed to this church in the spirit of prophecy, the messages given to Ellen G. White. Have mercy upon us. Lord, help us to believe and incorporate the words, not only in the word of God, but in the great controversy about the investigative judgment. May you help us, dear God. May you be merciful to us, O God. We ask, strengthen Brother John. May you strengthen his other guests, Lord, yes, Lord, in Jesus' name
0: we pray. Amen. Amen. Elder Mould, thank you for joining us tonight on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like any more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org or you can send a text message to 07944-062786. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address and we will send you a free tract called The Kingdoms of Grace and Glory. Those who are living outside the UK can request for an electronic version to be sent to them free. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, go to the e-book section then find the title, Bible Readings for the Home. At Chapter 42, you will find the subject, The Kingdoms of Grace and Glory. This will give you more information about today's topic. On next week's show, we will discuss the subject, The Sanctuary in Israel. Well, that's it for tonight. Until next week, good night and God bless. Voice in the wilderness, internet radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the internet. This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, internet radio. Enlightening the world every week.